Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Woman in Business podcast. My name is Natalie Borneo, and I'm here as your podcast host. Everyone has a story, and our Wonder Woman in Business podcast gives a voice to the woman who has a story that is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories, or rather, they share their stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine. Today, we have a wonderful guest. I'm so excited to start this conversation with her, and you'll learn why as we continue. But today, we have on our podcast, Karun Whitney Vernon. I hope I said that correctly. Uh, Karen is a serial entrepreneur who is really focused on solving communication problems, whether it's communication between brands and consumers or employers and job seekers, she firmly believes there is a better way to connect. And so she has launched uh, ventures to help women in tech, especially, and help them find to uh, connections with inclusive companies that will support their growth. So I'm very excited to open up the conversation um, and I'm going to hand the microphone right over to Karen and ask her to tell us about yourself. Give us a little glimpse into that journey and help us understand who you are. Oh, well, thank you so much, Natalie, for having me. It's it's really a pleasure and an honor to, to be speaking to you. And I love your energy right off the bat. I was like, oh, this is going to be a, a wonderful conversation, yes. <laughs> a wonderful one. And, um, you know, to, to, to talk about myself and you asked about my name and maybe that's a really great spot for me to start at. Um, my, my mother is German and my father is English and I grew up in Hong Kong. And um, my mother cannot say the name Karen. She can't even pronounce that. So in, in, in German, it's always pronounced Karen, like a, it's, it's a, a different sound. So I always struggle as a kid because it's actually a very shy kid that I would never say to people how to pronounce my name because I would just be too embarrassed um, to say anything. So I grew up sort of um, always thinking about, God, I would wish my name was Susie or something simple, something Canadian, because I moved to Canada when I was, uh, I was 10 and, um, you know, I really started to, um, you know, try to fit in with the, with the kids. And as I said, my mother was a bit older um, than a lot of the mothers that were there. And again, she had an accent and, you know, you just, you just want to be like every other kid when you're young. And um, so I was, I was lucky enough to, to grow up in a family which that traveled the world. Like my, my parents have lived in many, many different countries and, and kind of be exposed to a global citizenship. And we grew up with students. My father had specialty in with China. So he spoke Chinese and he had a lot of Chinese students coming at uh, while he taught at UT. So we always were exposed to this idea that we live in a global community. And that has stuck with me my whole life. This idea that even though I grew up in a small country like Canada, um, I've always viewed myself as a global citizen, and I'm lucky enough to have traveled. In fact, I was just telling you, I've been in Costa Rica for the last couple of months. Um, and I, I think that perspective of 
saying that everybody has a, a story and a different way of looking at has really influenced some of my business choices and how I've grown my different businesses. So um, started in media, um, worked in, in um, actually go back a bit. I, I actually started as a Japanese major. I was a Japanese major at university. Um, I worked in LA for a golf developer, Japanese golf developer, and uh, worked there for a couple of years and then got into advertising and then eventually media um, where I ran a teen magazine the largest teen magazine in Canada and grew up with, you know, uh, learning about um, all the different bands that were out there, um, you know, and, and really started doing research on the internet and what, what effect the internet has on, on kids. Because in 1999, it really hadn't been looked at. And, um, you know, we really sort of to look at the emotional drivers and what happens to youth with the internet. And even back then we could see a shift happening. So we used to sell this information to about 30 or 40 different companies. And really, again, that idea of learning about the fact that one of the questions we'd ask is, um, do you view yourself as a, a Torontonian, where I lived, or an Ontario or Canadian or a global citizen? And you know, 25% of any youth always use themselves as a global citizen. So Already we're exposed, young people are growing up with this idea that I come from Jamaica, I come from, you know, um, uh, you know, Middle East, or I come from Africa, and I might be living in Canada or living in the US, but I feel like I'm a citizen of the world. So, um, you know, over the years, I, I've just continued to kind of explore this, this concept. And um, I realized, in, I guess it was 2004, 14, that no one was reading anymore. Young people had, had said, reading, what, a magazine? Mm. And I started working on you, with YouTube. So this was probably 2010 you know, and 11. So YouTube was very new. And um, I start, started seeing these girls doing these haul videos. I don't know if you know what that is, Nellie, but they would, they would go out to a store they make a haul, so they buy whatever it was, and they would spend an hour talking about what they bought. And they had millions of people following them and watching what they bought, how they use the makeup. And brands didn't realize this. Brands were kind of like going away using YouTube as just a dumping ground. They put their ads on it. So um, we, we ended up uh, doing, I did a reality show with a, uh, a woman who was transitioning at the time, and she's uh, her name's Gigi Gorgeous. Uh, at the time, she was Gregory Gorgeous, and she was transitioning. And we followed her around, and she was working at the magazine. And we would do events at the big mall in town. We would have thousands of kids lining up. And so I went, that's it. I'm out of the print business. I'm into, I'm into video. Uh, that's where it's all at. And so I started a company called Shift2. And our first show we created was a um, for you by Kotex. And it was a lesbian vampire show. And we ended up getting, to this date, I still have people commenting on it. We must have had, we had millions and millions of views. We went to Comic-Con. We did a big um, store in New York City where we had people lining up. I mean, it just, I started to see the power of communicating for brands in a different way, telling good stories versus just trying to push your product on people. People don't want that anymore. 
They want conversations. They want to understand that you as a brand understand who I am as a person. And when it came to the LGBTQ community, they found that no one was talking to them and they mm. felt completely left out. And so having a brand that embraced them, that told a story um, that didn't revolve around coming out, it's just, I can be gay and I can be part of the story. And I, there's no, nothing, there's no big drama about that. The drama unfolds around it. And um, we went on to do a movie. We wrote, there was a book published from it. Um, and so I went on to do shows for Walmart, for RBC, Royal Bank of Canada. I did it for Interact, for um, Unilever Dove, the Dove brand, uh, and we created shows. Wow. And yeah, and it was super fun. And the brands were awesome. And they loved the experience of actually creating content that wasn't about selling products. And it's incredible that this, this conversation and what we do here is really look at the power of storytelling. And what I'm hearing from you is, you know, as a young um, woman um, growing up, you really keyed in and looked at how communication, language, and culture really shaped and formed people. And it informed you too, being from such a, a with such a diverse uh, background and being so well traveled. Um, how do you um, think that global citizen piece? Because you clearly were a global citizen in with all this travel and having um, a household where you had many different cultures coming in and out. Um, that's such a great learning ground and such a great. Um, way to develop as a young woman. Can you think about, you know, during that time, what, what was the most um, experience, what experience impacted you the most in terms of that exposure and that, you know, that realization of how important language and people and culture, how did that sort of impact you? And was there one particular moment that you can think about that kind of made things pivot for you? Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know if I can think of one time off, off my bat, off the top of my head, but um, certainly I think the idea of trying to understand people, trying to really understand them. And, and from the perspective of if I don't see my story in any media, that's why I've gravitated towards media. If I don't see my story in television or in books, I don't feel like I belong. And whether it's women who don't see themselves as CEOs or as tech leaders, um, because there's so much bro culture that they're surrounded by, if people that are um, come from other countries and and emigrate and migrate to Canada, don't see their stories. Um, I, I think we're really missing out a lot as citizens of the world. And, and I think North America, we're blessed with this idea of bringing, you know, where so many people come together, but we are still, our stories are still predominantly white male. And yeah. that needs to change. We need to see all types of people's stories. And I think it was that opportunity to be raised like that, where I, I kind of under, 
I see those that what we're missing. Um, and wouldn't it be great that we we could allow those stories to happen? And you know, I think the power of what YouTube has done and all social media, other social media is it has allowed the gatekeepers are no longer there. Mm-hmm. Right? No, mm-hmm. it's it's allowed it, it's allowed that to to kind of change. Um, and I used to say young people would come in and say, Oh, I really want to write for your magazine. And I say, Well, are you do you have a blog? And they go, No. And I say, Well, start a blog because you can do it now. You don't need me as a gatekeeper to stop your stories from happening. Right. And I can read, I can now Netflix, I, I watch a German show, I watch a Spanish show. I don't the, the ABCs and NBCs of the world are no longer controlling what I can watch. I can watch Chinese television. I can watch, you know, a show that, from a different culture. And I think this is, this is the beauty of what the, what the internet has allowed us to do is to really kind of hear stories from different parts of the world. Absolutely. Um, and that, that's really great because when you think about the internet, there are the positives and the negatives and people tend to gravitate towards the negatives, but, you know, embracing it and actually leveraging it. Um, we can be world travelers from our living room, right? And we Absolutely. saw that happen with Anthony Bourdain and all of the, you know, we we're so excited to see that. And um, I, I just, you know, I'm excited that it's opening up in a different way. And, you know, hopefully will be used in a different way because we still have the concern about the type of influence that media has over children and also now battling um, fake news and 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 misinformation and all of that. But so in your journey, and um, we talked about you doing the magazine and kudos to you at such a young age doing a teen magazine and then you know, go looking at YouTube and then going to reality show. But along this journey, were you alone as a woman? And, you know, who helped you move along this trajectory? Was there a mentor or someone who said, Karen, I'm going to take you with me. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you the way. Or was it really a, I actually had to navigate this all by myself. What was that journey like? And who would you say was an inspiration along that way? Well, it's interesting. I've, I've always been able to find, um, connect with partners. So with youth culture, it was um, a young man who I met who had started um, a very simple black and white magazine that was going into the schools. And I kind of connected with him and we started really changing the way we we published the way the clients we went after the approach and eventually I ended up buying him out because he just had a different vision than I did and my my husband and my my husband of 30 odd years now (laughs) has always been supportive like so when I said I wanted to do this I had to raise money I had to I remember and so I had to go out and put together decks and figure out how am I going to go approach people to, to raise money? And he was instrumental in helping, uh, helping do that. Um, and when I sold the company, uh, the first company, again, he was very supportive and very instrumental in saying, you know, he's, he's kind of, he'll tell me all the things that could go wrong or where have you thought about this? Or, 
Um, so I would, I would say he, he's the one uh, who's been the most um, kind of supportive of these different ventures. And even now, I mean, I'm almost 60 and I'm starting a new company and, you know, he's, he retired like three years ago and he's just like, you, you go for it. Like you go girl, you go, I'm, I'm here to like give you the cheers and raws and, um, um, and it's a completely different industry. It's not media, it's not production, um, it's technology. And even that he, he just says, well, if anybody's going to try it, you're, you're just as good as anybody else to go for it. So I would say definitely my husband. Rick. So I'm, I'm hearing how, you know, this, this evolution um, that you've been on this journey and you're still going um, and you're going wherever it's leading you to, because now you're like, well, it's, it's really different technology now. What is it that, that keeps your mind open and keeps you motivated to do something different, try something different? Where does that come from? You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I just, I just recently read uh, a book called the happiness advantage because my new company is called happy hive. And I noticed I, that. I, yeah. I want it to be positive. So much of life is like getting a job is negative. Like there's so much negativity in this world and I want it to be on a positive note. And I started reading, this is, he's a professor from Harvard. It's, it's, it's called positive psychology, the thoughts behind it. It's all research-based. And he had this thing called, um, he suggested doing, which is called VIA. Um, and I'll send you the link later so you can add it to it so people can do it themselves, but VIA characters. And again, it's based off an academic um, research on 24 characteristics that we all have. We all have these characteristics and some of them are stronger. And my top five, like my number one was love. And what love means is I want to be surrounded by people that care about me that I also care about. And then they also, one of the other characteristics is fair. And I think what drives me is I don't like that things are not fair. And why is it that women still make less than men? And why is it that women still have the responsibility of the household and also work? And so it's the added pressure. And and why is it that we've forgotten half the time when researchers are looking at medical things like heart attacks that they don't even include women in it? Like that's unfair. And that unfairness drives me because mm. I am up for a challenge. I've always been up for a challenge. And that is a challenge is to, to prevent. I, I want us to be a fairer society. And that's what I think drive, makes me keep going. That's incredible. And you know, what you're doing is a form of activism because you're moving to solution. You're seeing this problem. It's resonating with you. You know, you have a tremendous skill set, and you're like, well, we're just going to change this. I'm going to insert a new narrative. I'm going to create a different environment and I'm going to, you know, make sure that there are choices and that all the right people, you know, it becomes now a fairer democratic process where people are able to find good talent, find good opportunity, um, and sort of not be worried about those barriers. Uh, but that's a very long <laughs> journey that we're on. But I'm so glad that this is something that has just continued to drive you and be that, that force. And, you know, I think 
it all goes back to that, those seeds that were planted when you, you know, had more of that multicultural exposure and that mm -hmm. really inhaled that, you know, that global, um, you know, citizenship uh, position or privilege experience um, mm -hmm. growing up, which is, you know, you're so open-minded, which is great. So what would you say um, might've been a big challenge, something that you had to overcome or not, maybe you had to just face it. Um, but, you know, many women are, you know, find themselves on a path and it's going fairly well. And then a very unexpected challenge or hurdle just presents itself. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's that teachable moment or that time to recalibrate. Other times it's, it's a really tough haul to get through. They do, but I just wondered for you, what would that have been? Well, I mean, I think if I look back again on my life, the biggest challenge I had to deal with um, growing up and kind of at school, because again, I had an academic father, um, was that I had a learning disability. And so I had to really work hard on something that most people could do quite simply. And um, it's like an audio processing issue. So you can say words and I, my brain jumbles them up. It's sort of like when people are dyslexic, they read things, but reading is, is one, mine is hearing. So words would get jumbled in my head and I couldn't spell in, you know, other, it had other uh, areas of it. But that always made me feel insecure, right? Made me feel insecure to write, made me feel insecure to do things. And I think that's why I became more verbal because it was easy to talk. Even though I was, remember, I mentioned I was shy, but it was easier for me to talk. Um, and it's that sort of drove me into things like listening to people's stories and talking and versus being a good writer and, and um, being able to, you know, contribute in that, that form. Um, so that was a hurdle to overcome. And, um, you know, I have a son as well now um, who has a, um, a learning disability and I watch how he struggles with it um, and, and tries to figure out how he can make, find his place in, in the world. Um, so I, I think that does, again, these neurodiversities that are out there um, often pigeonhole people into certain, in certain areas. So. Wow, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's, 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 it's true that we can actually let that paralyze us in a way mm -hmm. or, or discourage us or, you know, um, but I applaud you for recognizing it and then doing the next best thing, using the tools available to you um, to move beyond the challenge and actually um, open up a whole new world for you because you've clearly been fabulous at what you've been doing. So <laughs> this is really great. If you were to um, give some advice to another woman, and you know, we have a strong belief that women really need to uplift uh, other women. You know, we say lift and rise together. Mm -hmm. What would you say to another woman? You know, she may be in your industry or not, but what message would you kind of want to impart to um, another woman? 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. I mean, I, I do mentor a lot of women um, right now and, and I love like you, Natalie, I love hearing their stories and I love um, helping them. So my advice always is a little bit of just do it. Like we, we become so paralyzed with everything. Like I can't, I can't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't just do it. Whatever it is that you want to try. And as I said, the beauty now is like, I'm doing a TikTok series. Like I'm on TikTok. At first I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the face of TikTok. You are I mean, like the pioneer woman of oh my gosh. communication. I'm it swear. is so funny. And, and of course, right now I don't get a ton of views on it and I keep trying and I'm, I'm learning how to do it. And, and I'm figuring it out, you know, like it's a different format and I've got to figure out how to do the emojis and how, you know, first couple of times the text would go over everything. I'd have to reshoot it. And, and I have to time, I don't even wear makeup. I'm just like, whatever. I can't be bothered to. <laughs> This is TikTok. This isn't like I'm not going on primetime television. <laughs> well, TikTok might become primetime television. <laughs> it, might, it might. But but I but I just I want you to just do it. Like just try it. Whatever it is that you are really passionate about or you think you want to do, you don't have to wait for me to let you give you permission or for your parents or your spouse or your, you know, your family. Like you can have, you now have the tools out there in most cases to just do it. Wow. You know, it's, it's, it's so hard sometimes just to get to that point where you say, I'm just going to let go and I'm going to do it. We struggle with perfection. Mm-hmm. We struggle with needing to know everything and be in that comfortable space. Um, but I'm, I'm hearing from you that, you know what? Um, discomfort might mean something else for you because it clearly doesn't stop you. So, you know, what, what does that, what does that mean for you to be in these new spaces and be maybe um, not fluent, not knowledgeable? Um, What does that mean for you? Because women look at the spaces they're in and we gravitate towards safe havens, right? We call them safe places, where we know we can do X, Y, and Z, everything in this box. Um, but to get to the, another, to the next level, you, you need to kind of push through discomfort. That's, that's beautifully said. I, that, I, I think, no, it is, it's true. I mean, life, there are moments where it's very uncomfortable, walking into a room with strangers and having to do small talk, you know, going, going into like when I'm trying to learn Spanish and I'm speaking and he's looking at the, the, the man today was looking at me going, I, you know, no clue what you're saying. And I keep trying to plod. And, and, and so of course these are uncomfortable moments and that's, it's the vulnerability being vulnerable. That is, is so hard. And we can't shame ourselves about what we've done either. Like we can't, Oh, I should have done better. Like that should have monster. You hear about it all the time. Yeah, oh People say I should have done this or I should have no, like, you, you doing the best you can at this moment in time. And I, I was doing a meditation the other morning and, and the, the woman said that she said it so beautifully. And I don't know if I can paraphrase it, but she, basically the mantra was at this moment, you were, you were in the right place doing the right thing. And I just remember I sat with that for a while and I went, that is, that's so right. We all have our lives can be busy. Our lives can be stressful. Our lives can be, you know, we can be unmotivated, but maybe at this moment, 
this is where we need to be. And if it's uncomfortable, you need to embrace that uncomfortable feeling and actually let it settle and go, why is this uncomfortable for me? Because so much of what we, I hate that thing when people say, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy. I, I, I assure myself I never say that anymore, right? Because that's just an excuse. That is, it's an excuse. It, to, how are, we used to say I'm good or I've got, you know, I've got something, but this, this busy, we've wrapped ourselves in this idea of being busy is good. It's not, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean we're improving the world or we're getting better or, and so really it's, it's sitting with those uncomfortable moments, knowing that you're in the right space at this time. Um, and if you're not, then just do something about it. And if it's a little step, it can be little tiny, tiny step. It doesn't have to be, you're not changing the world, just something little that you can do. And, um, you know, the, the, again, the Happiness Advantage book, I recommend anybody to read it, but they talk about things like just, and I'm doing it with my son right now, and it's so interesting to watch his brain, that we can actually reframe our brain from negative thoughts to positive by starting with something as simple as every morning or during the day, I want you to think of three things that you're grateful for, just three things, simple as, you know, the sun is shining or, you know, they're, they're, the air is fresh today, or, you know, I got a, um, you know, I picked up a new, a new dress that I love, whatever it is. Um, and if you say that every day um, and you do it um, for 15 days, I said, you can actually change your perspective of where you are in your life. Um, and have positive thoughts. Um, and I think that's what I would say to a lot of young people too, is like reframing the way you're viewing things. So again, let's stop with busy. That's a useless word and it doesn't help anybody. Let's, what are those things that you're grateful for and how are you working? And um, I think that's, that's an important part of our lives now we should be looking at. Such great advice. You know, we're clearly seeing that um, being our best selves is, is such an advantage. It's an advantage for us. It's an advantage for the people we work with, our families. Just having um, an eye on mindfulness and self-care and really embracing the fact that you actually had one whole day to do something different. So, you know, just as you said, just do it. Mm -hmm. Just try it. And if it doesn't work out, I think we have that fear of the, the world falling apart. And I look at you and you have, you have shed businesses. So you've moved from one phase of your life to another. Um, did that happen at the beginning willingly or was it kind of a struggle for you to let go of one business or one thing and then move on to another or were you just really excited to shed it and move on? Well, I mean, the learning on the first company was that I waited too long. Um, mm. I, I was actually offered within two years um, of a, another company wanted to buy youth culture. And I, I thought, I'm doing so well. Why would I want to sell it? And then I went another 14 years running it. And then by the I, time I did sell it, it wasn't anywhere near the value. I could have sold it, you know, 14 years before. So the next time I did it, I went, I've learned my lesson within three years, I sold the next business. And that was, that's where I kind of felt like at the time it was, it was good time, good timing. And, um, and 
you know, to your point, Nellie, I think there are so many things that we want to do in life. And I, I remember when my father was diagnosed, he had fourth stage cancer and he brought all the kids together, the four of us. And I, I remember sitting in the room and, and I blurted it out. I couldn't help it, but I said, oh my God, dad, are you afraid to die? Are you afraid to die? And he said, no, I just wish I had more time. And I think this idea, like, you know, if, if almost you could see yourself at that moment when you know you don't have time anymore and it's near your end, that's why I'm always going to just do it. Like, what is the really the worst when people get, proud, you know, stay in jobs too long and they hate their jobs and, or, you know, their relationships that are bad or, you know, it's just, our life is so finite that that, that stuck with me forever. I just wish I had more time, you know? That's, that's, that resonates with me. I, you know, um, making sure that you're never in a position to regret and always just trying to do the best that you can. And if you've done the best that you can, and it's not good enough, being okay with the fact that that may not be my major. So yeah. <laughs> maybe, I need, maybe I need to move on or declare something else or be okay with change, be okay with letting go. Um, thank you for letting us know that, you know, my first learning moment was, it was not good. I, mm -hmm. I stayed too long. And that's what we do. We take possession. We take ownership. We plant a flag. We build a garden. We're not moving from where we are. You know, uh, this cubicle is my domain or the office I work so hard for. And to your point, we may really be missing out on that next great, great step that next opportunity, that next adventure um, by holding on to what we think is gold, which actually might be a weight that's pulling us under. So that's, that's a really great lesson. And it's really great sharing that, you know, we have to be open enough to let go so we can grow and mm -hmm. blossom and float instead of sink, right? With all of this stuff that we must carry with us and we must have uh, all the time. And that's not necessarily the best thing for us. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very true, Natalie, very true, yeah. So all the way from Costa Rica, Ooh. I love it that you have um, planted yourself somewhere else for the time being, and that might change, uh, but you know, I, I love the fact that you've, you've spread your wings and you follow um, your heart and soul and you get things done. <laughs> so as we close out this conversation, this is really good for me. Is there anything you wanna share uh, with our listeners in terms of something surprising or something that we would never know about you unless you told us? Um, and also before we close out, how, listeners can get in touch with you. They want to connect. Um, they've res you know, what you've said hit a, struck a chord with them. Maybe they want to, you know, find out more about your company or what you're doing. Um, so tell us how we can connect with you, but also tell us something surprising that, you know, we would never have known had you not shared. Right. Well, I think for the connection standpoint, um, 
you know, uh, TikTok. If you're on TikTok, <laughs> it's, I love it. It's, ha it's Happy Hive work. So it's happyhive.work because happyhive.com, happyhive. They were all gone. So I really wanted that name. It really resonated. So happyhive.work, and you can find me on TikTok, and it's me, um, and it's me talking about things that, um, you know, everything from happiness to what happens when women are not included. Um, so it's kind of fun little bite-sized things. Obviously, LinkedIn, it's Karen WV um, on LinkedIn. And then I, I do have an Instagram. Um, but those are the easiest ways to, to get in touch with me. And I'm happy to talk to anybody. I have had great conversations like you have, Natalie, with people just wanting to get in, in touch and, and sort of tell me a little bit about some of their struggles looking for work and, you know, that type of thing. And uh, surprising things about me. Um, you know, I think the one that that always gets people is that I am really at heart. I was a very shy person and my girlfriends who I met. Um, and if you ask my husband, I, oh, you were never shy. You can't be shy. <laughs> but I, I grew up being incredibly, incredibly shy. And um, I think that's that's the one thing that that people are surprised about with me um, and how you can kind of transform yourself if you really want to. You can get over these hurdles, you know, whatever they are, um, um, if, you, if you, you know, put your, your mind to it and you can change your mind. Um, and so I, you know, that would be the, the area. Awesome. Well, I just really want to thank you for the sharing today. It was rich. It was great. I'm excited to see you on TikTok. Oh, <laughs> with everyone else. Uh, so we want to thank Karen Whitney Vernon for being our Wonder Woman in business on today's episode. Thank you so much for wow. um, making us recognize that we need to just do it. And I love the positivity and the focus on gratitude because that will definitely make us better and stronger. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Natalie. Okay, bye-bye.